Ryan. <laughs> Welcome in to another edition of the Time to Keg Podcast, episode episode five twenty eight. Charlie, are with you, Mitch, on the other side of the Zoom. It is going to be an interesting podcast. We're going to talk about where the Brewers go from here after Craig Council. We'll look at their offseason. Can they rebuild? Should they rebuild? Uh, we'll get Mitch's thoughts on Craig Council. We'll talk about Packer midseason uh, awards, uh, MVP, LVP, uh, best moment, things we're looking forward to in the second half. And then we'll talk about the Bucks. Uh, Jay Crowder, uh, for starter, Malik Beasley, uh, wearing out his welcome as well as uh, some defensive tweaks that we've seen from the Bucs. And I do want to talk to Mitch about how to play the Pistons are, who the Bucs play uh, tonight. Uh, before we get going, though, Mitch, what's up? I can't imagine you're feeling great after uh, the council news on on Monday. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not, not the greatest news in the world, but uh, we got Home Alone 2 on the TV right now, so we're getting in the, okay. the holiday spirit already. There Turned we go. The from, from Halloween, and hey. Yeah. Why not? What better way to to give yourself the warm and fuzzies than watching Home Alone and the pigeon one lady, or two. who also was the mom in uh, Angels in the Outfit? Really, not yeah. that familiar with that movie. But now, did you ever see Angels in the Outfield? I don't. Maybe no, probably not. Not the, uh, the whole way through. Lo- weirdly loaded cast, like had Danny Glover, Tony Danny Danza, Glover, I knew that, yeah. uh, Matthew McConaughey, young Matthew McConaughey is the center fielder in that movie. Um, Justin Gor- or, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is the little kid in the movie. Like it's Christopher Lloyd uh, of Back to the Future fame in that movie as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, it's loaded cast. Uh, my wife the other day was like, she hadn't seen Little Giants. And I felt like that was kind of a crime, if we're being honest. Yeah, I've seen Little Giants several times. Uh, that one's good. I mean, that's yeah. a classic. Oh, yeah. I mean, all these, like, campy 90s kids sports movies are, you know, they're a floss, right? Like, I watched Little Big League, I think, like, three or four years ago. And I was like, wow, this is a dog shit movie. <laughs> like, this is not, this is not a good movie. And uh, yeah, yeah, some of them, some of them don't hold up, but like, I think the Sandlot is pretty much, oh, yeah, no matter what, a good one. 100%. Um, I'm trying to think kids wise, Little Giants is good still. Uh, um, Big Green, Big Green is still pretty good. I like that one. Oh, yeah, I always like that one. Big Green pushes like, the uh, push the envelope a little bit on the uh, some of the innuendo. Innuendo there is uh, a little more for adults than it is for kids. Yeah, so. I can't. I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, I haven't also watched it in a few years. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I like that one too. So, no, that's that's a good one. And maybe if they were going to do a, a movie about the Milwaukee Brewers, it's a downtrodden team told that they can't win a World Series, told that their coach wanted a new challenge, turned his back on him for the rival program. It'd be like Emilio Estevez. Go, coach Bombay going to coach the Hawks. Uh, that's basically what we're dealing with here at Card Council. Um, I can't say it. I yeah, feel it's, any- it's probably the most traitorous sports move since Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean it. It, it you're right. I mean, if you like think about the traitorness <laughs> of it, like like macro, like big picture, like not even Wisconsin. It 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 does feel like the reaction by the fan base here locally, similar with Oklahoma city 
is similar to Durant, right? Or I remember when Johnny Damon went to the Yankees. Remember how big of a deal that was, was the other one when Johnny Johnny Damon went to the Yankees, and right. everyone's like, "Oh, this guy is Mister Red Sox," and he goes to play for the Yankees. I think he won a World Series too with that team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it's and- Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon came to mind, and then Kevin Durant. I guess it's. I don't know, maybe it's extreme, but it's kind of LeBron like too, where like just you just the fans are just I mean, are the ones that really hurt the most. Right. And and we get nothing out of it. So but Mitch, in terms don't, of that. Don't worry, there's the connection. There's the connection that we all had and that we're we're all gonna, you know, we're all gonna be friends still. That was what Craig Council told us. Like I hope that we can all be friends, basically, is what his message said. Uh at, when he met with the media at the GM's meeting today, um, yeah. it was ridiculous. Like I, I had somebody I didn't read. He has sent a long uh, chat in our group chat, but it was like, does Craig just expect to like go to box games and like just show up and like that? It's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to be awkward that he's fucking there. I like it, it's not that doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work that way, man. Like, yeah, maybe I, maybe one day, maybe one day. Uh, yeah. in the in the in the distant future, it'll he'll be able to come around town a little more, show his face around here. Mm-hmm. But I think that right now it's probably not the wisest thing to do. Yeah, it's it, it isn't, and I think he's gonna. It kind of realize... depends. Probably it probably depends on how much success he has with the Cubs. Oh like yeah, if he goes down there and he doesn't make it through that deal, you know, because the expectations are going to be really high for him. Oh and, yeah. Uh, you know, the Cubs will probably spend money and, yeah. and, you know, and give him a little more, a little more to work with and um, we'll see what happens, but he's going to have some expectations. And if, I mean, they just toss David Ross aside, like a fucking, like a, like Back a shitty rag doll. Yeah. And, and uh, he, he was kind of Mr. Cub basically. I mean, of the last 10 years. Right. I think it, I who wrote it. Somebody wrote an article. I I'm sorry, I can't give him credit. It was it maybe been like Patrick Mooney or something for the Athletic, where he wrote a thing about how like the empathy and like the Cubs being a family is all not that's non-existent. That doesn't matter gone. anymore. And my dad, my dad was like, who I it was he was surprisingly cool about it. Like he's you know, he loves the Brewers. I've said it before on this podcast, but if I want one more championship, it's a World Series and my dad's still alive, so I can celebrate that with him. Like, that, like that's how much the Brewers mean to him. So I thought he was going to be inconsolable. I, I called him for something else today, and then I asked him about it, and he goes, well, it's a it's a knife through the heart. And then he gets into this whole thing about it, and he's like, why would Chicago do it? And here's what I thought of, my working theory. And Mitch, you know, I have a lot of working theories. Some are accurate some are very inaccurate um i think chicago saw an opportunity the cubs that is to kind of be the team of chicago bears are a year away from a year away blackhawks you could probably say the same now they have Connor bedard and he's going to be a big deal um in chicago the bulls are a fucking train wreck the white Sox are a shit show and a train wreck so the cubs are like well why don't we just become the team and why don't we just I think they, are, they already had that. I don't think it was anything. I don't think they had to do anything. I they kind of the, back. They they, yeah. they backed into that. I mean, they've look, the Cubs are extremely popular in Chicago yes. land. I mean, right. they're, they, they had no competition. And then right. this, 
resetting the market for a manager, you know, is going to do, do more to build hype for them. No question. Right. Um, well, so, because now they're, now their fan base thinks that they're going to get Shohei Otani and they think that they're going to resign Cody Ballinger who easily could have a Bill Hall like career where he just gets one contract and it's fucking terrible. And mm-hmm. I, my, my big theory that I've, I threw out on pod yesterday is that they're going to go get Josh Hader. Yeah, they could. Yeah. I mean, get I, Josh anything's Hader. on the table for, for the Cubs. I mean, totally. I, I would say that they, I don't know. I mean, I could sit here and say, the Cubs have unlimited resources, which in a way they do. However, in the last five years or in the last three years, they haven't shown any, any type of, um, you know, mm-hmm. ambition to, to, to give out huge contracts. That doesn't mean they won't. It's just that they right. kind of, I don't like really, I mean, the, clearly there's no fucking loyalty with the Cubs. I mean, that started with, in, with trading Baez and Bryant and all those guys and, and moving on, which, it's probably the right move, but you know, now with, with Ross, who was, I guess the pretty much the last piece from their 2016 world series sort of family, he's gone too. So right, um, they've moved on quick and, and that maybe, maybe that's what they're thinking was, was maybe time to completely turn the page and, and start a fresh chapter of, of, of their organization. And yeah, it did, and, and and that's why not steal the the manager from the rival team. And yeah, and I don't know, as far as far as my my reaction to it, yeah, absolutely, it's, it's kind of it's kind of Stockholm syndrome a little. I mean, it's just I'm I'm pretty numb to to Brewers stuff at this point. I mean, it's just it's just pretty much all bad, you know. I mean, <laughs> it, I, I like. You know, fuck both of them, Mark and Craig Council at this point. Um, fuck no, Mark for for for, 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 for letting it letting it get to this point, and um, probably fuck more Mark. But that, I know that's easy, but yeah. it's just he's he, he's let it, let it get to this point, and clearly on uh, well, what day is it today? So Monday morning, uh, you had the the damage control leak through through Todd Rosiak that they offered him a contract to make him the highest paid manager in baseball. And that very well could have been the case. However, it was still 1.5 million annually short of what offers he had out there. So, so do you think, I mean, Mark, Mark could have matched, but he didn't. Yeah. And I'll, I'll wait. Fine. Can I ask you a Mark yeah, question? I promise this won't be contentious. I'm going to try. We're going to try not to be contentious. We're on opposite sides of the wall. I do think Mark bears some responsibility. I don't want that to get misconstrued. Um, do you think that it's possible the Brewers put out the 5.5 to start, Council fetched the offer from the Mets, and then he fetched the offer from the Cubs and never – we don't know if they got a chance to match. That part is extremely unknown. There is nothing that says, "Oh yeah, Council got the he gave him the opportunity to match." I think yeah, Council was that's true. Gone. I think Council like the fact that Council's talked about this in September when we were in the middle of the playoff race is one of the most selfish things that I've heard anybody in sports do. Like, you're not thinking about the team that kind of has like this momentum, has this juice, 
is talking about in the media after games when they're winning, like, hey, we think we're a World Series team. We think we're that good. Like, how how are you? Like, I understand. Like, sometimes you're you drift off and you think about other things. How God knows I do it. But at the same time, it's like, how are you not focused on the bigger task at hand? I also think to kind of ask about Mark, and then I'll let you go again. It Mark should have sniffed this out. Mark should have saw this coming. Mark should have worked with Craig Council and said, all right, do you want to jump with David? Do you want to go? You, you know, X, Y, and Z. I don't want you here if you're not all in. Now, if Craig told him he's all in, I don't know how much more he can do. But I think if Craig went to the Cubs after a year off, I don't think that, I think we're still pissed, but I don't think we're, we feel this way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, the way it was handled is clearly what pisses people off. I think there's nobody, nobody saw it coming. Right. From, from a fan perspective, nobody had any idea. It was like, well, we talked the last couple podcasts just briefly about the council situation. And it was like, well, you know, I don't know. I can't see him going to New York. Um, I can't see him going to Cleveland because it wouldn't be really any better. Right. And it, he, he is a Milwaukee brewer. He, he was, I mean, right. And, and it just was really hard to, to see that happening. Now, when you go now with the Cubs, I mean, it's, it's pretty much our, our biggest rival and it's right. It, it, it somewhat, that was my first thought was it kind of made sense for him though. Like, he probably doesn't have to move the family from here and he can just get a condo down in Chicago and live the dream basically. And, right. And, yeah. and be, and, and have a little more at his disposal and, you know, but did, did he not also, was there not a report that the Cubs were, have, have been his dream job or something? Yeah. Verducci had that. Um, which. Yeah. Verducci's article, all due respect, I know Tom Verducci's like the biggest of the big J's in baseball, but that thing dripped with like national media, like snobbery. Like he's like, the Brewers are in a rebuild. You know, the example they use was Mark Canna. It's like, oh, did we just forget that Mark Canna's fucking 35? And basically wow. there's stats on stats on stats that say when you turn 35, you basically become a bag of bones in baseball. Like that, it's like, it's pretty like a given that, you know, you get you're washed up at that point, and yeah. it, we'll, we'll get of, to, we'll get to the we'll get to the rebuild subject yeah. in, in a little bit. But no, but I was it, listening to the Dan Levitard and their little national oh, and okay. Stugatz. Yeah. That that son of a bitch was like, "Who cares? Why does Milwaukee care? He went to a bigger, better market. Get over it." Blah blah blah. And it's like you're an idiot, dude. Like you you don't have any content. It, it's just like it's like the honest stuff. You don't well, have any fucking idea about anything you just you people just think that that fuck the small market go go wherever you want capitalism baby basically yeah like, and, and the, don't have any context at all and this is what baseball wants baseball wants all their major markets to be extremely successful right and right. they know that they cannot because they've done a shit job at marketing their athletes where the NBA can have Giannis on the Bucks, and he's a top jersey shit seller. He pulls in some ratings. You can have Shea Gildas Alexander on Oklahoma City, and he's doing ads for Kim Kardashian. Like, you can have that. You can't have that in fucking baseball. It doesn't yeah. exist. And, and that's what and that's what Stu got said was like, 
look, he took well, there's like seven or eight desirable teams and jobs in the in baseball, and Council went there. Like, get over it. And it's like you're kind of right, but from that that's, regard, I mean, he's that's like, the bigger he's like, problem. It's a, it, he's like it's the Phillies, the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, Cubs, Cardinals, and that's pretty much it. And it's like, yeah, at at this point, yeah, that's that's really what it is. I mean, nobody. You know, the Padres probably were 12 months ago a, a right. pretty desirable job, but now they seem like a disaster. So, right. They can't, um, they have no money. <laughs> and they, yeah. they were the only, they were the small market team to try it. And they get people, I think they had sellouts the entire year. And yet that still wasn't enough. And they still fell short of their money, even though they have an owner that I believe makes $2 billion, uh net worth compared to Craig Council's 750 Wait, or uh, Mark Anasio, excuse me, which I will remind people gently that that's not a lot. That's not a lot of money for an owner. Um, and I know it sounds like a lot, but it's it's not. Um, the Edens and Lazary or formerly Lazary, Edens, Edens and Haslam, excuse me, uh, are just dwarf that con- entirely. Yeah. Well, maybe so, Mark should get another another owner involved. Look, I mean. I think that's a much better solution than him selling the team. I I know that, and I know what you're going to tell me. I think he he will sell. He will sell. I think he's, I think he is, trying to get this funding approved, which he mm-hmm. probably will. Yeah, and it'll it'll you'll have a, a shinier American Family Field, and it's setting the stage for you know the franchise value to go up. Then, and I think that's when he cashes out. I mean, you're probably talking five or six years from now or more, but right. um, it makes sense to me that, you know, he's, so maybe it would seem, it would seem like the optimal time, especially if Jackson trio hits and they're able to sign Jackson trio to like a Cunha, like Corbin Carroll, like deal where they just give him the money up front. Um, yeah. If that hits like all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you have a, a guy who's a top tier player. You have all, you have a stadium that's all set in this ways. I do wonder, will there be people that don't want to buy the Brewers because they'd have to break a lease and that'd be pretty serious fines and consequences if they wanted to move the Brewers to, say, Charlotte, Nashville. Portland's been mentioned in the past. Um, if they're, like, I, still, if that's I don't understand why, why you think that would – I mean, look, the, the, uh, the Brewer fans' vibes don't... are about as low as they've ever been. I, don't... I think we still put, what, over 2 million fans through? Sure. So I just, or maybe 2.5? I... I'm just concerned that there is not enough rich people that want to keep a team in Milwaukee. That's my, that's my general concern. And I think there are more rich people that want a team in Charlotte. You saw the Raleigh, uh, not Raleigh, the Carolina hurricanes owner talk about how he wants to bring a baseball team to Charlotte. That can't make you feel good. What's to say Jimmy, Jimmy Haslam who's in, in with the bucks doesn't take a look at, at the Brewers goes, Oh, you know, we got a nice little stadium in Nashville. We could get these guys down there, go play in Nashville. What's to say that 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 would stop Jimmy Haslam? Well, okay, but I mean, sports franchises are a lot of these billionaires around the country um, have have are competitive and they have egos. Sure. I think that I mean, I mean, like literally ten years ago, you we were saying the same thing about the Bucks. Yes, and and I just feel like relocation is not something that is I wouldn't say it's off the table in 2023 but I feel like it's not something that league commissioners want to deal with I think um, I think Rob Manfred 
doesn't want small markets. That's my that's that's my overarching point. I think, I they, think Rob, they would rather I, they would rather expand than relocate. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but we can we can debate that till the cows come home. Like I just think Rob Manfred would like all of the major markets, and Charlotte is one of them, to have a to have a baseball team, and would rather you know the small market get squeezed out. There's a reason why he'll just be like, oh, maybe we need a salary cap, but they won't. They don't. They don't actually want a salary cap. That's fucking fictitious. Uh, I like. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. So I don't know. It's just my opinion. Um, but anything else on council before we kind of talk about what's next for the Brewers? No, go ahead. Yeah, I mean Charlotte is. Oh yeah, it's twice the size of mm-hmm. the 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 media market is twice the size. Of yeah, it's massive. It's fucking. Area. It's fucking huge. Well, it's, um, just, it's just growing rapidly. Right, that too. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of banks, banking stuff down there, and and every there. I think there are a few different banking institutions down there. But anyways, um, it, it, moving on to uh, the Brewers. Well, we're staying with the Brewers, but moving on to just the team itself. Matt Arnold and Mark Ananasio are left to kind of pick up the pieces and figure out what what do they do from here. How do they how do they adjust? Well, you know, their plan going into this offseason, how does it change is the thing that I wonder about. Like, I'm sure that they have a contingency plan if council stays, and I'm sure they had a contingency plan if council leaves. My question to you to kick it off is, how different do you think those two plans are? And does it change anything now that he's on the Cubs and not like the Astros or the Mets? Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it I don't think it changes a whole lot from player personnel standpoint, you know. How mm-hmm. much does a manager how much difference does a manager make, I guess is is yeah. the huge question. Right. And that's I mean, yeah, it's gonna be the question here and said we've sat here and said it makes it makes a big difference. And mm-hmm. we we thought council was one of the better managers in baseball. And I you know, I still do. Um, but like it, it can probably, a man, having a bad manager probably kills you, but having a good manager, it doesn't, I don't know how much that raises the ceiling of the team. Um, mm. you know, it still comes down to, you know, what your lineup looks like, you know, I mean, just, yeah. just watch the playoffs and I know Arizona, yes, did make it to the world series, but who beat them? You know, Texas, they they spent a ton of money two years ago and it came to fruition. And, you know, they were able to overcome, you know, a bad bullpen. And and, you know, they I guess they got lucky more or less. But that's yeah, that's what happens I mean, in sports. I mean, they yeah, yeah. bullpen was shit all year. And then they got two two like a couple of relievers get hot and you use them every game and got off days and, and stuff. And it's that's it's all fun. That's all you need. I mean, that's all that's all you need sometimes. And right. yes, that that is true. Um, I think the worth of a manager is a great thing that we'll learn, right? If the Brewers bring back a good amount of their roster, they add some of the young guys, whether it's Trio and Black or other guys we're not thinking about, and they add maybe a free agent or two, and they are still a eighty-five to ninety-five win team you know, that being the the peak in the valley of it, 
I think we all think differently about Craig Council, right? It's kind of like the Brady Belichick stuff, where it's like, who made who made who, right? Was it the players mm-hmm. or was it the coach? And from what we can tell, Tom Brady made Bill Belichick, not vice versa. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if that's the case. And I I do wonder would the Brewers test that out? Would they would they do that and say, you know what? We still think we have a pretty good team. We think that if we have a manager that's similar to Council in terms of his attitude and demeanor, if we go with a, a young guy like a Ricky Weeks, or I know he wasn't mentioned, but I like the idea of Carlos Villanueva um, just because of the Latin influence. Uh, you know, seems like a great guy. Uh, I just think it would really it kind of work for what the Brewers have on their roster. And then we pair him with an old guy, whether it's red ass Pat Murphy, although I want to trust Pat Murphy given his relationship with council, let that guy right, walk a, to, yeah, let him a, go. He's a spy at that point. Yeah. Let him go to fucking Chicago with his, his butt buddy council. Um, <laughs> and, but seriously, like just get an old guy to work with, you know, your young guy and then start it over. Um, I think that I don't really like a lot of the names that have been thrown out so far. I mean, I, David Ross would be fucking hilarious. It would be funny, but he's a dope. He, ma- he manages with his heart. And I, I I felt like David Ross was just, he always would, he was not a great in-game manager. I didn't like what David Ross was, was selling. But then again, like I was a Dusty Baker hater and he won a world series and he got to the ALCS. And I thought Dusty was well, pretty average a broken, manager. A broken clock is right twice a day. No, um, that's true. Uh, other guys I don't like, Don Mattingly. Um, I don't know how many times you have to see Don Mattingly. Before, I mean, good guy, calm guy, patient guy. Maybe that works with the Brewers. But what what has Don Mattingly done? Uh, Joe Madden, no, thank you. Um, don't need that. Um, that that would talk about. I don't just don't think the culture fit would work at all. And I uh, I don't think that you're you're talking about that that type of swing with the Brewers. I mean, in terms of that that type of name. I, I would rather – I would prefer for the Brewers to get somebody that's a little more unknown, whether it's inside the organization or outside the organization, and then make a swing or two at some free agents. And that's I what you like, do. Uh, I kind of like Quentin Berry in a way. Yeah. You know, uh, I that hasn't been, name hasn't been mentioned, but Quentin Berry does seem like the every man's guy, right? Like it just seems like everybody loves Quentin Berry. I do wonder, you know, can Quentin Barry be an asshole to the guys? Does he need to be? I don't know. But I think we've yeah. seen that a little bit with Coach Griffin in Milwaukee in the Bucks, in that Adrian Griffin has moments where it's like, all right, dude, you got to kind of lay the hammer down, not let these guys do whatever the fuck they want. And he still he still thinks of himself as an assistant coach versus a, a actual head coach of the team. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking at an article from reviewing the brew and Jeff Bannister is a name. The Rangers oh yeah, coach. Uh, or pardon me, the uh, the Diamondbacks bench coach. Yeah, no. yeah, he's he was the Rangers head coach, and then he's now the he is now the uh, the bench coach Diamond for Diamond the Arizona Diamondbacks. I thought I saw him in the World Series. I just couldn't remember which. Yes, yeah, he's the he's the Diamondbacks bench coach right now, but he coached the Rangers from 2015. To 2018, they made the ALDS in back-to-back years, and in back-to-back years, they lost to Toronto in the first round. So, 
just like just like everything else. Right. Fit feel fit right in. Yeah, exactly. He, he does that. Exactly. Um, uh, and, and like you know, ironically, like Craig's a good manager, but you know, in a way, it's like he fucked up in the postseason every single time, basically. Oh yeah. Outside of, outside of twenty eighteen, he's one and nine. Really... He's one and nine in his last ten playoff games. And I I mean, one of the things that has kind of bubbled up too, and this more feeds into like the Madden Lees and the Maddens of the world is a lot of the guys that are having success recently have been the older managers, Bruce Bochy, Rob Thompson, uh, Snitker uh, from the Braves, uh, trying yeah. to think of a couple other, there's a few other names that were thrown around there that have been Dusty Baker that have been like just successful as older dudes. And maybe there is something to the experienced guy. Now, I think Ken, I think Pat Murphy is Ken Maka all over again. I think yeah, that is I, 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 I do I, not I, I do I I hope he's been fired by now, honestly. I I swear to God, if it's if it's Pat Murphy, we're it's a big it's a big deal. It's not that you you want to talk how I, I jump jump the Ananasio boat, that's that's it. Cause that would feel so lazy, that would feel so just uninspired. It's a council guy who really is kind of a ride or die with council. I just, I don't, that's not the guy I want to go, I want my guy, guys going into war with. Yeah. Jim Henderson's another name that I think you could think about because he's Brewers bullpen coach. Um, he's been around the organization. Sure. And I I think he, I think that would be another one that would be, be pretty solid. More of a pitching coach probably, but I, right. I mean, I think we're, we're kind of set there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So Hook, I don't really have a problem. No. And I think they want to try to bring Chris Hook back. I think Chris Hook actually has done a pretty good job. Um, And I think he's done really well with some of our relievers and I hope Chris Hook does come back. Um, That would be, that'd be certainly uh, beneficial to, I think the Brewers pitching staff. The, the question now is, you know, what do the Brewers do? Do they, go into that rebuild or do they say, all right, we're going to actually sign some guys. We're going to spend the money ironically because we want to compete with the Cubs and we know the Cubs are going to spend money and we want to at least try to try to make it look like we have a seat at the table. Now they obviously have to finish, but I like a guy like Matt Chapman, for example, which both of us have talked about really liking the idea of Matt Chapman. Well, the Dodgers and Yankees also kind of like the idea of Matt Chapman. And even though the taxes are better here in Milwaukee, I'll tell you what, Matt Chapman's probably going to play for the Yankees or Dodgers over the Brewers. Yeah. Just definitely. Life. Just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there's there's no question. You probably have to overpay a little. I, oh, I don't yeah. know what Matt Chapman gets, but obviously that'd be a nice guy because not only are you getting – a solid hitter, but you're getting a gold lover, like a perennial, right? You know, Nolan Arenado type of a fielder, right? You know, which is not certainly not nothing. Um, I guess rebuild. My question would be re rebuild from from what? You know, I mean, yeah, I I I don't like what what have they built into? Uh, I mean, like, they've they they've built a perennial winner. They regular season winner. Yes, they've not had the postseason success. Fair. But they have built into a division title perennial winner. 
and they want to kind of reset the deck and get younger because they have this very talented farm system and say, we are going to basically play all our young guys and we're going to have a few veterans in there, kind of like Dimebacks, kind of what we saw with Arizona. And yeah. we're, we're going to try to see if that works. Well, and I think, I think that's the way to do it in baseball. I mean, at, at, at this point, that seems the to door, be... I mean, to cut in, the door is open for them to do this. They have enough young guys to make that happen. I don't know if all of them are ready, but they have they they do have all the young guys that you know would basically fill out a roster and would probably right. get you that point. Yeah, like the can of trade, whatever. I mean, I I didn't really need to bring him back. They got something for him. Great. Yeah. You know, obviously, the the people who are even more fed up with the organization than me are going to say, "Well, Mark's cheap," and um, you know. Ten, but yeah, ten and a half million for Marcana, especially yeah. when he doesn't ever really have a spot, is and is and is pretty steep. I mean, if he if he played more first base and they liked his first base defense, I could make a reasonable case to keep. But he didn't play first base, so that's not Brewers yeah. need first baseman. You know, they don't need more outfielders. They have enough. We're we're good. Right. We're we're pretty pretty long in the tooth when it comes to receiving uh, outfielders. And he's probably more of a DH at this point, and, right. and that's going to be Yelich's spot for the most part. So, yeah, you know, so yeah. there again, I mean, there's there really aren't any, there weren't any doors for him. Uh, Santana, all those guys, I mean, what's the list of the free agent? Caratini's technically Caratini. non, non-tendered. Right. Um, he might be the one guy that I think about keeping. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think the switch hitting backup catcher, he's right. fine. Well, and it'll it'll depend if you trade Corbin Burns, right? Because he's kind of Corbin Burns' personal catcher, and yeah. you know if and Corbin I, Burns, I think they they might they might as well do that at this point. Keep Corbin Burns. Oh, trade him. Uh yeah. I mean, I think too because the the interest is going to be high. You have a Baltimore Orioles team that cannot pitch for the life of them in the postseason. And the Baltimore Orioles have a shit ton of offensive talent that's young and controllable. It seems like a match made in heaven. It really does. It does. Yeah, it, like it seems almost too easy. So that's probably why it won't happen, right? Uh, yeah. But like the Dodgers too. Like it would suck to trade to the Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers. But it if that they give the best deal and you get Michael Bush, really talented. You know, he's basically he's been up and down. But he's a pretty good hitter. You get Michael Bush, you get a couple of their other pitchers, Emmett Sheehan, Bobby Miller. Like you get one a couple of those, like two guys, big league ready dudes. Like, let's fucking go. Like Gavin Moreno yeah. was brought in for Dalton Vershaw. And that was how they got Vershaw. I think they have another prospect. An, an insane fucking trade. I mean, oh yeah. Dalton Vershaw is is like okay. Yeah. But I think that was a situation where Gabby Moreno was blocked in Toronto by Alejandro Kirk, and they just had to, they kind of, you know, sold low, so to speak, or, you know, yeah. kind of gave him away because they wanted to get something while they could for the guy instead of just having him back up for a couple of years and yeah. not getting anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, that that trade is, is you know, going to be one of those that we look back probably at how did they get how they get Gabby Moreno because right. that dude was that dude was something else. But I think if you're the Brewers, it's probably like trade Burns and Adamas, and then you for 
you know, maybe one piece that can contribute now, one one or two for the future. Um, and he moved Terang to short, maybe sign, try to try to bump up the payroll for a, a corner infielder. And then, you know, whether that's Chapman, I'd be fine with Reese Hoskins probably too. Yeah. I would um, take it. I'd take a gander. Um, we would be the Hoskins, funniest. I probably would. I, I would go a little shorter term, mm-hmm. but um, then, Fun. then I think you can have a mix of, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Personally, probably not, but um, okay. You know, if you get one of those guys or somebody like that and you mix in the young guys with, with a, you've got, you know, Yelich who looks a little better last last year, and maybe is he is what he is, and mm-hmm. um, so you're gonna need a little more firepower. Um, but yeah, and then you have Terang at short, and you know, hopefully he can find a little offense in his game, which he might in second yep. year. And um, then you have that mix, and Chirio probably comes up at some point next year. What's kind of weird about this offseason is there's an insane amount of Asian talent that's coming over this year. And I don't know how that's yeah, is there going some to... sort of like rule change or something. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, so I, I'm looking at like the top 25 free agents. Like there's Yariel Rodriguez, who was a Cuban pitcher that went to Japan and now he's coming back and he's gonna pitch and he's a awesome pitcher. That's going to probably start. I think they say starters or reliever. Oh, starter turned reliever. So he's going to be like a closer right out the gate. Uh, and then you have Shoto Ingmanga, a left-hander. I tried. We're going to see how I do with these names. Young Ho Lee, that's an easy one. Center fielder from Korea. Um, and then the one that's the big deal, which I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name. We're going to try. Is... Uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. 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 Yeah, yeah. Just call him Yoshi. Can we just call him Yoshi Yamamoto? I can do that. That works. I would fucking love the Brewers just getting involved with one, with one of these international guys. Just throw our names to the hat. Just put us in the conversation. People are like, the Brewers? It's like, yes, we're, we are getting involved with, with these dudes. Hey, we got Nori Aoki 10 years ago or more. Goddamn right we did. Yeah, got it was a like fucking pipeline. Right, exactly. We have the Nori Aoki pipeline uh, that's that's strong here in in Milwaukee. Um, I, I Nori Aoki is always funny because I think we it felt like a consolation prize with Kosuke Fukudome, and then you could argue that Nori Aoki was better than Fukudome. I I, I have no fa- I have no stats to back that up. I just just from what I remember, you know, I had more no- positive Nori Aoki memories than Kosuke Fukudome. Yeah, I think Fukudome was like kind of gradually got worse. Right. I remember when he hit the homer off Eric Gagne first game of the yeah, season. Yeah, it was opening day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I don't think he he peaked right there. Right. Everyone's like, oh my God, Kosuke Fukudome. Like, he's going to be the best Cub ever. He's going to be Ernie Banks in Japan. Fucking suck. Loser. That was a, that was a top, I mean, top three worst moment of my life today <laughs> when that happened. Well, we're, so, we were all we were all excited about Eric Gagne, and no one told us that Eric Gagne was on steroids, and he stopped using steroids. And would you know it, Eric Gagne is not that good. 
Yeah, I mean, and he was probably washed. I started watching uh, Eastbound and Down just for entertainment purposes. It's like getting Kenny Powers after you know he he was not Kenny Powers anymore. I, I should watch that show. You should. You would like it. It's a little weird, but you would. You I would, I have you, watched it, but it's been a long time, and I've watched a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I just there was a good Will Ferrell has a bit role in there, and he has a thing about his kid coming in watching, watch him and his wife have sex, and I told he's like I told my wife, let the boy watch, let the boy watch, let him let him see what the, his dad is doing. It's it's a ridiculous show. Um, Danny McBride and that group make ridiculous comedies. Vice Principals, also very good. I think Righteous Gemstones, a lot of people love, which is like the newest one that they have out, um, which I haven't seen yet. But yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely worth a, a worth a recommendation on the old HBO Max platform. All right, anything else Brewers related um, before we, we move on to the Packers? Keep her moving. Yeah. So the Green Bay Packers, we're halfway through the season. Uh, the Green Bay Packers got themselves a victory for the first time in a long time. Uh, over a month to be exact, and it was great. Uh, even though it was sloppy, it enjoyed in enjoying the win. Like I enjoyed relishing in the victory. And now we're really at the halfway point. Packers are three and five. I believe they were four and five last year. Um, at this time, so they're kind of right where they were last season. And we're here to talk about MVPs, LVPs, best moment, some other. Not so great moments, and then what we're what we're looking forward to in the second half. So, Mitch, I will kick it off with who you're giving the MVP to. For me, my first half MVP for the Green Bay Packers is Rashawn Gary. Um, yep, you know hasn't been perfect. I, I like you know, like most of the guys on the team. So, mm-hmm. but I figure I'll go with the guy that has probably been the most impactful this year in in the snaps that he's played. Um, you know, he's probably not, well, he's, he's pretty much back to a full snap load, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, no, just, he's, he's a game record popping off. He's popping off the screen all the time and, you know, gets his contract at a pretty good rate. Well, I mean, wait, after you see what Mont- Montez Sweat got and you're like, right. Like, this well, looks right, like a bargain. Right. You see that? And he's 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 not paid like the top 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 pass rushers, mm. so 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 maybe that helps. I mean, you kind of a little bit of a little bit of a discount to stay, I guess. Yeah, so that, that that gives him some points, and in my book, and yeah, I just think with with the impact he's made and the snaps he's played, um, a couple with the contract extension sticking around. You know, I think I'm giving him the the first half MVP. I look, I I don't. There's no disagreement there. I'll I'll pick another guy. Uh, but I I totally can understand it. I think Gary hasn't had a sack in a while, though. Actually, yeah, I think but he's, gone he's three games without one. He's he's getting in there. Uh, he actually had a couple sacks. He got penalties on. He had an offsides, and then he had a face mask. No, that wasn't a sack. That and the face mask he got. But uh, I the other thing about I've liked about Gary is he's kind of developed a leadership role on the defense. Like you, I think Carrington Valentine sure. had a had a picture with him after and talked about how like Gary told him like, "Hey, just stay humble, like keep working at this." Like he's obviously embraced sort of that veteran veteran role, and I I think that's really important, you know, for 
kind of those three of the five-year guys to sort of start finding that their voice in the locker room. And it seems like Rashawn Gary has one. And I think well, that's Rasul real- Douglas was, a, was apparently a huge totally. leader. And I, I, I find that something concerns me about that just because he was, yeah, he's only been here for two years and how, how was he the mouthpiece? I, but I think anyway. it speaks, I kind of think it just quick. I think it speaks negatively to Jair Alexander. I think it speaks negatively to Kenny Clark. I think it speaks negatively to Elton Jenkins. Like those are the guys that should be the leaders, not, not Russell Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, my MVP, I'm going to go with Zach Tom. Uh, I, I think Zach Tom's had a really consistent, steady season at right tackle. I know right tackle is not a sexy position, not a position that you're usually talking about for MVPs, but I think he's he's done enough on that right side with all the issues that have been at the left side with Rasheed Walker, uh, with the stuff that's going on with Josh Myers, best year ever, according to uh, Packer personnel. Uh, I, I just like what I've seen so far uh, from Zach Tom, and that's that's where I'm going to give the MVP to. Yeah, he has been the kind of one constant on the offensive line, basically, this year. The one constant in a pretty much a shit year from a, from yeah. a shit group. Yep. Uh, namely, David Bakhtiari kind of setting the tone right, right now. You know, you know, but he's legitimately hurt, I suppose, so it's probably not not fair to... No, to keep shitting on David Bakhtiari. Yeah, I mean, definitely look. set a bad tone for the offensive line and, and tested the depth probably too early. Right. I think if David Bakhtiari, like, I could argue that David Bakhtiari needed to be more open and honest with the Green Bay Packers about his knee. And if he was, you know, do the Packers sign and do they draft an offensive tackle in the first four rounds to just sort of mitigate that potentially? I don't know. Right. Does that change their changed away or maybe Bakhtiari didn't know. And that's just kind of what it is. I, I'm not, I, I'll never really know. Uh, that's a, it's a story that I I would love, would love a book on. That's, ne- that's next to the council one that I, I hope we get at some point. Real quick. I wanted to mention uh, Aaron Jones is honorable mention. In the, yeah. Again, another guy who hasn't uh, for MVP. Yep. Who hasn't another guy who hasn't played a ton, but clearly I don't know. I'm just impressed with him against the Rams and kind of shows you like when you play your best players a lot, good things happen. Oh yeah. And he's, he's been banged up, but there's no question that over the years, Matt LaFleur has been hesitant to kind of unleash the trailer with him and, you know, basically took the train to took the, took the leash off against the Rams and, you know, you win the game by a significant margin and, um, I just think that he opens up a ton for for Jordan Love, and yep. you know he's very important to what they do. So yeah, and they're gonna to, have they're gonna have an opportunity. They're gonna have I I agree with that. They're gonna have an opportunity against Pittsburgh. Um, they're really I think you know that's a team that even though the defense is good, they they've had trouble stopping the run this year. Derrick Henry had a really nice game last last game against them, and so I think could be another big big Aaron Jones game. Uh, in this week in Pittsburgh. All right, who you got for the worst player on the team so far? Oh, worst player on the team. Oh man, or LVP. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be the worst player, but the guy who's disappointed you the most this season on on the roster. It's not Jordan Love. Uh, I didn't oh. say that. that. That would be his, uh, that would be that be the zag of uh, of all zags. Yeah, I'm trying to like. It's tough. I mean, there's there's a few. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're can I, looking can at I not, say, can I say AJ Dillon? Absolutely, I think AJ Dillon is a worthy candidate. Door County Dillon, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just you know again, I mean, he's. I feel like he's gotten a little better the last couple of games, but you know, just just not enough, especially as you know, talking about Aaron Jones, his injury issues this year. I you know. If you wanted, if you expected more from AJ Dillon, I think you've been you've been disappointed. And absolutely, and I think we've I think we've learned that he's he's just a guy, probably oh, yeah. not going to be um, brought back any no type way. of any type of long term right any type of long term solution no. to to the running back position. And um, I don't know, it, it's it's just just hasn't been good for for Dorr no. County Dillon. No, absolutely not. Uh, I will give my album. I wanted to think about defense, but I actually think I'm going to go with Christian Watson. I think this has been a really tough year for Christian Watson. I thought about that too. I just like, man, it just seems like it never, he never puts it together. And, and he goes up for a great catch, fights for a ball. And then he gets hurt. He has a shoulder, he has chest a back right guy tested for a concussion. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like how are, how is this happening? Always something. Right. And it like, and his family's chirping online, which I understand. Look, if my son or my brother was getting, you know, harassed online, I'd probably want to say something, but it's kind of one of those just read the room, right? Like he's not playing well right now. Just, just stay offline. Just stay off Twitter. Don't, if you're gonna be on Twitter, make a fucking burner, okay? Like we don't, you don't need to be online pontificating about you know why the fans are wrong, why you don't understand what you know Christian's going through and all this other shit. Like just doesn't, I don't know, man. Uh, I I thought about it today weirdly, and this was not related to the topic, but like it, it at the time we were all like, oh no way, I would have done a Jonathan Taylor for Christian Watson deal. Now I kind of think I would have. Ooh. Is that crazy? Um, I don't know if I'd have given up Christian Watson yet. Okay. I like. Yeah. I mean, look. I I'd mean, rather got, put them together. Yeah. I I do think that at some point, Love and Watson are going to get on the same page, and we saw it saw it against Minnesota, or I'm sorry, against uh, the Rams, and we're one moment. And it's like, can now we see more of it, right? I mean, the Raiders game was another one where all he had to do was fight for that football, and he didn't, and they lost the game. And I'm not saying that he would have caught that ball, but it was just a weird route. And, yeah, Watson's uh, my LVP. For best moment, I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Love leading the comeback against New Orleans. Being in the building for that was unbelievable. I – it's hard to describe how awesome that was. That's like up there with my like top pack of memories. Even if t- the season is a shit, I still have that. And that's the one game I went to in Lambo. Likely. I don't think see myself going back up this year, but you never know. Um, and that's, that's a good memory to have as your, as your one game. Yeah. I was going to do that one, but um, since you went with that one, I'll just say the, Say the Bears game. Hell yeah. Week that's one. the, yeah, and, absolutely. And, that's, I mean, that's those are the, the really choices. only other option. <laughs> yeah. Those uh, are specifically, the... maybe though, the, maybe the Quay Walker pick six. Yeah. Specifically. Um, yeah. You know, I feel like it 
It's been a while since you see you saw one of those from the Packers. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, but you know, week one Super Bowl, not necessarily a uh common thing around here, but it's turning out to be the case. So um at least they can at least they can say they beat the Bears week one. And, right. Uh, and and the, of what happens. And They'll the Bears later in the year too. Well, right. The Bears are gonna there's no way we're gonna see Tyson Bajit try to lead uh lead the Bears to not tank in week seventeen. I almost want the Packers to win that lose that game. Just so the Bears get a worse draft. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe What's wrong Packers... with Justin Fields, anyway? He has a dislocated thumb. Okay. He might play. I think he might play t- tomorrow night in the Panthers-Bears atrocity of, bat- of a football game. Yeah. Thank God we have Bucks. We have Bucks Pacers. Um, but uh, yeah. who knows? Maybe the Bucks will rest a bunch of guys. I hope not. But that seems like a convenient day to give some guys some time off. We'll talk about the Bucks in a second. Uh, what would you say is your worst moment of the year? Hmm. I well, I mean, the loss against the Raiders is pretty pretty brutal. Oh yeah, yeah, especially what, what fired. Yeah, the, yeah. I'll I'll say the I'll say the first half against the Lions. Hmm. Just because that was a game, primetime Thursday night game. It was Packers were two and one. I just completed the uh the comeback as we discussed against the against new orleans coming off of that on a short week and you just get your ass kicked in the first half completely mm-hmm. and kind of the team hasn't really recovered in a way from that um, yeah you know i know they beat the rams but um that's without matt stafford and uh, I, I just you know they got they got their ass kicked in the first half and looked better in the second half but it was too little too late and that kind of set the tone for for a four game slide and where every game was the same, basically. Um, and it just kind of was an opportunity to lay the wood against a divisional, uh, probably not rival, but another divisional opponent that, you know, fancies themselves the cream of the crop, and, and they kind of rolled over. So I'll say the yeah. first half against the Lions. Great answer. I mean, that to me was just a moment in time where we just were not as good as we thought we were. Like every everybody was like, all right, we'll beat the Lions, and all of a sudden, like it's like now we go, and the hype again around Packers and Gordon Love like hits a new level, and the Packers are right there in the NFC conversation. No, we are part of the have-nots, and the Lions just kicked our ass. And then you had all the Lions fans that were there, which you could put that in the worst moment category. Just the Detroit takeover of Lambeau field. Like it was just a colossal, just bad game. Um, You know, and start, start out of what was a bad stretch, bad, bad week uh, for me uh, in just all together. So that, yeah, I agree. Uh, That was a bad one. I will go with the uh, Atlanta Falcons fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, you think about that and Packers, Hold the water in the fourth quarter against a pretty average Falcons team. They are, they they have what they would be then. They'd have one more win. They'd be four and four right now, and they would you know they, there'd still be question marks about the team, no question. But like it would be there'd be a little more optimism maybe just given the fact that they had you know four wins at that point at this point of the season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it, right. It, you know, there's there's a few games you could point to. Um, oh yeah, but you're right. They, they the only game they really weren't necessarily 
like they had the lead the whole game against Atlanta and mm-hmm. just fucking pissed it down their legs. Right. And and you're right, if they hang on to that, it's it could you have an extra win and and you're in a little better position, especially in a shitty NFC. Now and now if we, you know, look ahead to the second half, I mean I will say before we ask the second half moment, like if you know, they have more of those either or games that go their way. They, you know, that's how you make the playoffs, right? They've had two games where they've absolutely blown out the opponent. They've had one game where they've been blown out. And then the rest of the eight, which are five, have been just normal, you know, it's either or. There's one one or two plays in the game that if it swings the other way, the Packers, Packers are victorious. Maybe the Vikings game also you could say is a blow up, but I don't know. Like that game, the Packers were kind of in it. They just they they just missed their opportunities. I, I'm not sure. So um it, I guess for a second half thing that I care about is I will just go with the the now. I you know, I'm curious they can make a run. They have P- Pittsburgh who is not great. Uh they are just pulling games out of their ass left and right. The regression is coming for the Steelers. Packers have not won in Pittsburgh as a team since like the 60s, which is fucking nuts. Um and and then they have the Chargers who have looked really good on Monday night, but still the Chargers. And then you get the Chiefs and Lions, which then then it's like, all right, here you go against the Lions again. And it'd be kind of ironic if they got to five and five and then they're playing the Lions on Thanksgiving in almost like the exact same situation of that Thursday night game in September. Yeah, where you're like, yeah. You're like, Detroit- is this real? Yeah, you're like, is this real? Has this been fixed? Right. Like, and and, and then, probably be like a game or two behind Detroit, right? Um, at that time, and yeah, you'd have a chance to get back in it. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I mean, that that would be that's what the NFL wants, I'm sure. I mean, that oh, would yeah. be, you know, there's no reason the Packers really couldn't win the next two games. Mm, um, no, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I mean. You know, they, they really only have, I would say, two tough games left. Right. Um, you look at probably Det- Detroit and Kansas City, as you laid out there. The Chargers, we'll see what happens with them. Probably might be getting them at a bad time. I mean, they look they look pretty good, but it's it was the Jets. Um, yeah, and it's probably, I mean. The last, yeah. the last five weeks, you know, it's oh, yeah. kind of wide open. Right. You That's the that's the crazy thing about these people that want the Packers to tank. It's like, have you looked at their schedule after the chiefs play the giants on Monday night, which is a disaster of a, of a Monday night game. Then you play the Buccaneers who, who knows where Tampa is at that point could be Kyle Trask time. Panthers. Yes. will be fighting for a draft pick. There's a, there's a possibility that well, that Packers, pick. well, I, that's what I meant. They, they're not tanking for their pick. So they're trying to win. So that their pick is, you know, not they're as just, they're just bad. Oh yeah, they are. I mean, I thought that they kind of had a shot against the Colts, and then Bryce Young throwing two pick sixes on top of C.J. Stroud going off for four seventy. That is, you want to talk about deep, deep dark places that their worst of Brewer fans, Carolina Panther fans are. I'm sure in a really, really precarious spot at this point in right. this point of life. Then you've got the Vikings, which we'll see if Josh Dobbs is is really is that this this thing is goes to the next level. I think yeah. that 
people want to make Josh Dobbs into this year's like Geno Smith. And... You, know jo- you know who Josh Dobbs is? Is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm not ready to go there yet. I mean, that's that's like one of the best backup quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, but like, isn't that what Ryan Fitzpatrick would do? Is he would just light a fire under under the team's ass, and they would they'd win a couple games, and then he'd do dumb Ryan Fitzpatrick things, and they would lose a couple games. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, that's the reason that they're they've been career backups. Is right. you know, you gotta you just gotta get them. You know, maybe they put together ten good games uh, as yeah. a starter, and then right, they kind of fall apart and they end up on a different team the next year. Right. Um, they, they always get an opportunity. I mean, he, he definitely could be, but maybe, you know, it wasn't a bad trade by the Vikings. I'll say that. No, I mean, no, they given, given, given their situation, they started to finally play better. And then of course cousins gets hurt, gets hurt. And, you know, rather than sell the farm for, I don't know, Tannehill. Kyler Murray, who probably can't even, or Tannehill, I guess, um, you know, get, real solid backup or, you know, fringe starter type who probably is, I don't know, he's better than a lot of quarterbacks. So yep. um, we'll see. And, you know, maybe, maybe that, that game could be huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, it, it create. I mean, if it does end up being the seven twenty game, New Year's Eve, Packer, Packers, Vikings. I mean, that's perfect. That's, that's all you need, you know, as you're, you know, 35, you don't need to be going out to the bars. That's just, that's set up too easy to just have a big Packer party and uh, watch Packers Vikings. Right. So we'll uh, see if that ends up working out. Um, uh, anything for you on the second half, anything else you're, you're looking at, you know, just for the second half of the season or kind of aligned uh, with me on maybe, the, can they maybe make a run? What, uh, what does Jordan love look like? Right. Um, a little better against the Rams, but um, you know, we'll see if, if Aaron Jones is in there, for 20 plus touches again, I think it changes the game and right. the offense can, can kind of figure it out, you know, after a couple of, couple of bad weeks and, you know, a little better against the Rams and, and see if they can, you know, Matt LaFleur allows Jordan Love to throw the ball down the field. And, um, you know, there just hasn't been enough of that. And, and we'll see if they, uh, if they're able to kind of spread the field a little more than they have. Yeah, and I I am very I agree. Love is uh it love's progression is going to be very interesting to watch. I think I think there's going to be moments where he you love it, and there are gonna be moments where he just drives you crazy, right? Like he and that's a young quarterback in a nutshell, right? I he hasn't had really that C.J. Stroud like game where we look at it and we're like, holy fuck, like he's the headline of PMT and Simmons and everybody and all the national pods are talking about. Jordan Love, we haven't got there yet, and I think Definitely that's the moment. Like a franchise quarterback, he hasn't really had that moment yet. Right, right, exactly. And so he hasn't. That Saints game is the closest thing we have, but that's the only that's the only thing that we we that came a little bit close to that. But it was more about the Saints collapse than it was. Wow, this young quarterback led led the Packers back. Right. Yeah, he hasn't so, had like a three hundred yard passing game. I mean, it's just you know. Right. Know, maybe maybe he's not the guy. You know, we'll we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll have to see. All right, real quick because we're already pretty long on time. The Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, we're, we're deep yeah, in it. We're deep. We are in the shit. They had two games since the last time we checked in together. Uh, 
lot better uh, than than when we each talked after the Raptors game. Some are saying we might have motivated the Bucks. Uh, we might have bullied Adrian Griffin into making some changes defensively. Uh, and we saw the drop coverage uh, in on Thursday night or uh, Friday night, excuse me. And the Bucks were able to allow only 105 points. Brooke had eight blocks. Uh, it was not a, a, as good of an offensive night uh, on Monday uh, with the Nets scoring. What was that 100? Was it 129, Mitch? Or 125? Uh, yeah, 120, 129 to 125. They won. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still there were some good moments, and you know you saw Giannis really play his ass off defensively in that the to finish off this game, and I think you know it's. One of the bigger questions is, you know, can this defense stick? Can what they're doing is it is it going to? Are we going to keep seeing tweaks, or is this kind of what what the Bucks are defensively at this point? Yeah, I I think it's kind of going to be, it's going to be. There's going to be more adjustments, uh, throughout from throughout the game. Clearly, I mean, you've seen so far, Griffin has had a and I guess a, a willingness to try different things more than more than Coach Bud. And, you know, a couple of games that hasn't worked and they have gone back to the drop coverage with, with Brooke and, you know, per the player's request, which some people have, you know, the people who have got off Griffin Island uh, after three games, right. whatever, skeptical of that little nugget. Um, I took that as, okay, you know, he's trying to be a good coach, trying to, trying to build a rapport with his players who are a championship core and, um, you know, need to, or, you know, they, they know what they need to do to win games. They know mm-hmm. what, what can and can't work. They're not, they're not stupid. I mean, it's not a young team. It's, it's a veteran team and, you know, flying around like, you know, hair and fire defense probably isn't the greatest idea. And mm-hmm. I think you can do some of that and, you know, not everything is absolute. There's no question um in sports and you know try a little bit of that you've seen some zone um so i i think that um yeah that that griffin is is seems to be working with um the players and that it, it i think that stuff is is going to stick around i mean i i just it just makes too much sense that if you're if you're going to keep brooke lopez on the court you know he can't be out there 30 feet from the basket i just no, you're you're setting yourself up for for failure, and and you know there there will be times where they'll just be solid on defense, hopefully, and then there will be times where they they crank it up a little, and I just don't know about the personnel um, to do that. It depends on who's on the floor. You know, if Marjan Bochamp's out there, guys a little little longer, a little uh-huh. quicker. You know, that makes sense, but. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm bad, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I think that, yeah, they're they're going to keep trying to experiment stuff. And you've seen a coach that is not stubborn at this point, that is kind of taking it all in, that's still learning. Uh, a new account that I just followed on Twitter, Bucks Breakdown, shout out, Bucks underscore Breakdown. I had a great chart today of rotation minutes for wings. And basically it shows, you know, the decline in Malik Beasley, who I know we're going to talk a little bit about him too, and then the uptick in Jay Crowder's minutes. Pat also kind of taking a step back on his minutes. And Bochamp, you know, kind of around that 15-minute mark. And so what that shows, it, it doesn't show steadiness, which is good. It shows, okay, we're adjusting to 
the moment we're adjusting to the matchup. I thought the fact that the the Nets did not have any big men yesterday. I felt like Austin got a big game because because of that. Like no Nick Claxton. Like there's nobody. And but because of that, that kind of makes Brook Lopez obsolete. And he brought Bobby Portis in to close out a football a, ba- a basketball game, which is crazy. Uh, and, but it worked. And Bobby did pretty well in terms of keeping his feet. I, you know, I watched it back. I was at the Marquette game and I was like, wow, I'm really impressed with Bobby, Bobby Portis's defense. And I've been impressed by Portis's defense all year. And that's the type of stuff that's going to get the Bucks wins. And that's, that's awesome. And I, I really, I really enjoyed, you know, seeing that from Portis. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's just going to be one of those things where, yeah, you know, it's going to be who's, who's kind of, yeah, he's, he's had a, a propensity for, you know, not necessarily sticking to a rigid rotation as much as the last coach, which I mean, could, could frustrate fans at times, but um, yeah, I mean, it's all about, I mean, that's really what coaching is, is putting your players in a position to succeed at, at this level. I mean, it's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not teaching them how to set screens, although maybe, you know, they could do some of that too, but <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, what makes sense for that game, you know, with that matchup? I mean, and, and as far as defensively on the perimeter, I mean, I, you know, you t- I don't think the Malik Beasley thing is working, and and it, it it's it's going to come probably come down to Jay Crowder. I mean, it's mm-hmm. looking like he is your is your your best option. Uh, you just you got to find somebody that's that's bigger to put with Dame. And yeah, um, you know, yeah, just... yeah, and, and like it's not to also say like Malik Beasley can't come off the bench and be a spark plug as a bench player, he's done that before. Um, that's not yeah. gonna be new to Malik Beasley, and I think Jay Crowder has shown he's not washed up. We all kind of thought Jay Crowder had nothing left in the tank, Jay Crowder has a little something in the tank, and you know, I I had said, you know, back in when we previewed, I said, look. I think Jay Crowder knows that this is it. Like, if he plays well, he might he'll get paid again. If he doesn't, it's off to China. And it's kind of it. And and I think he's responded. And I think that's kind of the swagger, kind of the style that that he's playing with right now. And I, I really, I really like it. And uh I I think Crowder, Crowder is that choice now. I will be like, would it surprise you if Marshawn Bochamp's there by Let's say middle of January, if Marjan Bochamp is ends up being that fifth guy, and it's and he replaces Crowder. Um, I, I, I oh man, that's tough. I, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, but I think I would need to see a little more offensively, consistently, mm-hmm. to say that. Um, but I think ideally, he he is a the best fit at, you know, on the perimeter. I mean, when he. When he's out there, he's guarding the point guard basically, yeah, um, and you know doing an okay job. You know, I think it it's just makes the most sense um, in an ideal world. But I think I would need to see a little more development from Marjan before. Yeah. but that's I, that that's a couple months from now. So right, maybe. exactly. And and I also I I do think like last last thought on the box for me is like. I, I don't think I'm worried too much about the guys going off. I just think it's a matter of getting another starter in there, a Crowder type, 
and slowing these guys down in the first quarter because they get in rhythm, they get going, they get comfortable. And as I kind of noted on the pod, like, yeah, Cam, Cam Thomas had 45 points, but do Bucks fans know how much Cam Thomas shot in that game? Do you know? Do you know the shot attempt number for Cam Thomas in the game on Monday night? I'll guess 25. 33. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, like, I feel like a lot of NBA guys are going to score 43-5 points if they shoot the ball 33 fucking times. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being – maybe yeah, that's just that's, me defending, that's, that's being a, too much of a defender. But I don't know, man. That's an Allen Iverson uh, stat line, basically. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and then I, – I'm sorry. I do have one more thing to read you. Do you see the Pistons injury report for tomorrow? Uh, I saw your tweet and I tried to look at it, but it was Jalen Duran's out. uh, Maybe bilateral ankle soreness does not sound great. So both his ankles are sore. That's not good. Um, Jaden Ivy, he's sick. Alec Alec Burks, he has a forearm contusion. Joe Harris, uh, one of their keys to the Bucks beating the Nets in the playoffs. Uh, he has a right shoulder sprain, and they don't have uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and Monte Morris who've not played all season. Yeah. What do they have left? Well, yeah. Like, am I going to be, am I going to be asked to play for the Pistons tomorrow? Well, let me look at their roster and I'll tell you what role players want to go off. <laughs> Killian Hayes. Second, Are we going to get a Killian Hayes moment? Oh, I hope not. Marcus Sasser has been actually very good. Shout out to Houston. Another guy who furthers my fucking theory that just take guys who are good college, who are, who are like winning college players, don't give a shit about their age, their size. They're just going to figure it out. They'll usually be pretty good. Well, lo and behold, Marcus Sasser, who is awesome at Houston, is awesome in the pros. Who would have fucking thought it? Right. Uh, Alec Burks is, is left. He's he's, uh... he, he's out. Worm contusion. Oh, my bad. No, it's okay. Man. Kate Cunningham's been decent. Kate Cunningham's um, been good. Yeah. Damn. I have really. Jared Roden. Never heard of that guy. Uh, Did he go to school? I don't. I've Seton, never heard of Jared Seton Roden. Hall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. That's bad. Biggie's Chuck. Missing that. That's tough. That's a tough, tough scene for Biggie's Chuck there. Um, yeah. Pistons are, are, you know, weird, weird vibes in general. Yeah. I mean, I mean, had not, they not to sound like Bill Simmons, but right. But I mean, had they, well, they're in a weird thing. Like they have this coach who, who made a ton of money. Weirdly, Craig council kind of Craig council vibes from Monty Williams and these bench Jaden Ivy right away. Apparently Jaden Ivy's unhappy. I'm like, does Jaden Ivy really have a voice to be unhappy? I mean, if Jaden Ivy wants to come to the Bucks and be a bench player for us, I, I'm not going to stop Jaden Ivy from doing that. Well, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Everybody, no. everybody's entitled, right? Yeah. So, anyways, any anything else? No, am I sick, that's that's it. Am I sicko for quad boxing, Mac Mac football? Yeah, probably. Okay. I I mean, I just saw they had to review the clock. The clock didn't start on a game winning field goal for Ball State. Um, we have coaches on Western Michigan fighting with each other, even though they're up a score and with five minutes left to go in the game. 
like Mac football is just like it's it's Americana, man. It's it's what you want. Absolutely. So, um, all right, man. Well, we'll be back next week. Um, like we'll probably be uh, moving around our schedule date just with Bucks, and that's kind of how it how it's going to go all winter, and maybe Marquette uh, when the, when the time's right. Sounds good. All right, take care, everybody. Have a good one. We'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Or no, I'm off tomorrow. Uh, back on Friday for our Friday, our usual Friday show. Peace. Peace.